0: As I look at you, though, what I notice straight away is that you're wearing two pairs of glasses. Am I? You've got one up the top of your head. (laughs) So I have. I'm going to take a screenshot of this just because nobody will believe me.
1: Well, I have approximately 16 pairs of reading glasses in my house, which some people that I'm married to... Feel is slightly too many. You're always losing them, I I'm just always, them always losing them. I just cannot. So I have to have one in each sort of jacket pocket, and otherwise I go out to a restaurant. Well, I used to go out to restaurants. Obviously, I don't now, and couldn't mm. read the menu. Embarrassingly, I've got 20/20 20, 20 vision in the day, but then suddenly I just seem to go blind at night. It's very interesting.
0: It, and when do you start drinking?
1: <laughs> oh, at night. Late afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> What are you saying, Doctor Page?
0: (laughs) Welcome, everybody, to episode one hundred and fourteen. That'll be it.
1: That was oh. that was almost confidently done. Well done. Best That's for a while. That's I was
0: looking at the screen. Uh, Mid-Faith <laughs> Crisis podcast. Yes. yes. Me, Nick Page. Him, Joe Davis. Hello. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Hello. Oh, we're just slightly delirious, but we're happy to be here.
0: Yeah, well, you've been
1: working very hard, haven't you? I have. Yep. It's been crazy.
0: Hmm. Hmm. It
1: has been. But also a great privilege. I feel a bit bad about whinging. Last week, because you just realise, actually, my problems are nothing compared to the people yeah. I am dealing with every day. I know it's not to send me on myself on my own guilt trip here, but really the problems I face and, you know, all those things that were going wrong, the ceiling, the water, the car, the kettle, you know, they all got, they're all all getting fixed, even if they yeah. aren't fixed. Yeah. And so I'm, you're you're drier this week. I am uh, considerably drier, thanks to a humidifier as well. So it's very dry in our environment. Thank you. Oh, good.
0: I don't think people thought you were binging. Last week was a kind of odd episode. In fact, we were both running on empty, if you're <laughs> yeah, honest. We we're honest. And uh, and we're not running on much today. But we were running <laughs> it's on a on miracle even less. anyone's there. <laughs> It generally run on fumes, but but uh, yeah, it was a bit of an odd episode, so I don't think people thought you were whinging, but what what how are you relaxing?
1: uh well, thank you, good question. I have watched a couple of films um there's a shock. I watched uh extraction with chris emsworth it's it's basically think of those old shoot 'em up games. was it doom, you know, where you just mm. load the gun and just shoot lots of people? Yes. it's basically yeah. that. Um, I, was,
0: I thought it was about dentistry. No,
1: no, sadly not. No. <laughs> and then we watched this programme. Now, I don't know what you think of Ricky Gervais. He's a bit marmitey. Some people absolutely hate them, as indeed the person to whom I'm married is not a big fan, I think it's fair to say. But we watched Afterlife together. Right. Now, let me say straight away, don't watch this one with your kids. The language is bluer than anything you've ever known, really. Mm-hmm. Um, that said... So with that warning in place, I cried constantly through this series. Two series now, there's six episodes per series, so we've watched 12. That's all of them. And uh, they're little short programmes, and they're basically... The supporting cast are amazing. Um, So he's got Penelope Wilton, who's this kind of wise, grieving woman who meets him on a park bench, or in a cemetery bench, actually, and talks with him, and then you've got... It's basically the story of a man who grieves. And it's so lifelike and so true. And actually, Ricky Gervais, I don't know what his story is and how he managed to do this and to act it so well. But it's just profoundly brilliant. And, you know, you love some of the characters and you absolutely hate and cringe at others' characters because they're so vile and foul and obnoxious. And then you, you juxtapose that with these beautiful people uh, around him and it's just this real mishmash and feels very close to life and it's about a man dealing with the loss of his wife who died to cancer and it's just wonderful i mean it is just wonderful you you don't
0: seem to be watching perhaps what one would consider the right kind of films to lift you up after your day at work
1: i know because normally all you want to watch is like you know, repair shop. Let's be honest. You just you yes. want oh, well, to lose yourself so in something that's the brilliant. the greatest programme ever. Obviously. Um, yeah. and that's what you want to do. So it surprised me that I watched this. But I don't know. I mean, I, I've alluded to them before. I have done some of the most awfully tragic funerals I've ever done recently. And, you know, baby funerals and children, you know, just drug abusers. Just terrible, terrible ones. And I think that somehow, for me, watching this program just, you know, was cathartic and helped help, right. help okay. me get it all out because I wailed at times through it. Yeah. yeah. Mm. So, so, <laughs> so there you you're are. Not exa- so you're not exactly dry then. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> After last, you're still gushing. <laughs> well, uh, yeah. I suppose I suppose that is true. Yeah, okay. And then a bit oh, cl- well. a bit closer to home. Mm. Um you know uh well my dear friend dave and your friend dave dave yeah. uh, uh, is 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 uh, went to hospital yesterday He has blood clots on the lungs and we're very worried about him um actually yeah. so um you know there's there's stuff going on and um man you know it's all part of life's rich tapestry and we wish dave much yeah. love and peace and grace at this time
0: Mm. yeah absolutely anyway so that's yeah. that's that's life isn't it how are you the program i really like this week um uh grayson perry's art club ah, i don't know if you've watched that no i saw it and i, I watched oh it, it's but... joyous is it's it it's brilliant oh he is, is just he is brilliant and it's just very funny and life affirming and it and it's it's good and i'll come back to it later in the podcast because it made me think a lot and it, oh. yeah it's just it had harry hill on this week making a dog carving a dog out of wood which is one of the funniest things seen oh, for a really? long time oh i want oh, to yeah. watch it really good okay yeah Thank yeah you. do do recommend that so th- let's let's have some feedback this is uh, from steve um, he's a, f- a, f- a friend of mine actually and a uh, really long really good mm. email um thanks steve uh, we it, it, very long so we're gonna it's f- long apologies it long. we're going it's to a book we're gonna <laughs> yes we're gonna gonna edit it slightly but i uh, but, but there's some really important things in yeah. that i think it's worth worth um sharing
1: uh so steve says this dear uh, nick and joe was thinking about lee abbey being cancelled this year and wondered if the listeners who have signed up could en masse not seek refund and instead hold the booking over to 2021 when hopefully you guys are going to be able to do the gig could we even see if we could keep the same week in june i'm sure we are all sad to be missing out this year and lee abbey would be grateful for some guaranteed business
0: yeah, well, we should pause it here. Yeah. We're going to put some breaks in this email because yeah. uh, Steve's this is uh, bored out of his head and he's, <laughs> he's done too much. But no, um, just to repeat the information we gave last week, our aim is to go yeah. back in June next year. On the same week, in fact. On the same week yeah. and do it. But they're not taking bookings for that at the moment. And I don't know what the refund or keeping their money is. Yeah. I'm sure if you can do whatever would help Lee Abbey the most, mm. um, they would be tremendously grateful. But it's entirely up to up to you, I think.
1: Yeah, and be, be mindful of those guys because financially it's it's crippling for them yes, what we've been yes, through. So we, we yes. hope it's still there next year. We really do. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, carry on okay so that yes email. okay volume two uh your podcast has been a huge source of sucker for many of us uh, who are socially isolating bereft of spiritual input and in need of some stability in the maelstrom that is these covid days one could say you are true anchors in the veil mm. Mm, we had to edit that it- he didn't use the word angry No, he didn't, no. Anyway, hearing you both droning on about Easter demonstrates the reassuring immutability of the podcast and its refusal to be swayed by current events, although there would be a collective sigh of relief from the listener and you, I suspect, when you finally reverse out of your own collective backside and move on to a new topic. <laughs> so true uh, but harsh that's very true no fair point really i'm fair. not
0: sure i'm going to reverse out of my uh backside i don't want to carry on going i think Just <laughs> yeah. head straight on there up is on. See, there is no see reverse what is up gear. there <laughs> yes that's right we not we don't do u-turns <laughs> but i think we have finished with the whole pagan easter thing uh now you'll be here you'll be relieved to hear
1: yeah He says, to paraphrase a tale of two cities currently with COVID-19, it is the best of times, it is the worst of times. I'm struck how what we thought was so important a mere six weeks ago, Brexit, acquiring stuff, the minutiae of our lives that weren't perfect, self-centred, self-absorption, the Kardashians, (laughs) have been exposed to be false idols that they are. In their place, we have come to value friendship, physical contact, nature, sharing food, freedom, etc., Most people, when talking about what they're going to do post-lockdown, is not to buy loads of clothes or do more online shopping, but spend quality time physically seeing friends and family. Although I've not spent the hours in meditation or in deep prayer that I've promised myself I would, I have, like many of your listeners, come to appreciate and value the things I do have. But in other ways, it's the worst of times, I pray, if that is what one calls my floundering attempts, for those suffering in silence, the poor, the lonely, the desperate, Those in abusive relationships and those living with addiction. Those fearful for their future. Those feeling impotent, hopeless and helpless. The children and vulnerable adults who require safeguarding but have become invisible to our world. Those with dementia who have to be kept in isolation for the first two weeks when moving into a care home and when they become ill be ministered to by carers and healthcare professionals in gowns, masks and gloves and be denied the contact with their loved ones who might give their failing minds some reassurance. Yesterday... I had to go and see one of my patients to tell him that he only had a few days left to live. I just couldn't bring myself to do it, hiding behind a surgical mask and face shield. It was dehumanising. The least I could give him was to break the news with him being able to see my face and tears as we discussed the 20 years we'd known each other and what was to come for him. I don't pretend to know what should be done at the various stages of the pandemic, and I feel we owe it to our leaders to support and trust them in the hideously difficult decisions they have to make, some of which are inevitably going to be wrong given the unprecedented nature of the situations that are presenting themselves. However, I do wonder at times whether the price the individual is paying is justifiable for the collective good. I find in these times I feel closer to God and don't accept the specious argument that states how can a truly loving God allow this to happen? A friend once pointed out to me that if you're upset about the situation and just think how much more God must be. Being humans, not gods, we have to acknowledge the limitation of our understanding and conclude that the hideous madness of these dark days doesn't make any more sense if we turn our backs on God or even challenge his very existence. But neither, as we in the mid-face crisis have come painfully to learn, can we expect to merely pray fervently and expect it all to magically go away. No, the reality is far more mysterious and uncomfortable. Somehow we have to shake off this immature, dualistic way of thinking and hold the tension that allows us to talk and share our sadness with our Creator, draw closer to Him, not blame Him, and somehow trust that through, His, through this, His goodness will prevail. But how and what that will look like, we just cannot fathom. And then he says thanks, like he does, mm. for the podcast. Thanks, Steve.
0: Thank you. Um, There's well, a friend of mine, Steve, and yes. uh, a, a GP, and yeah. Uh, yeah. Lots to think about there. A great email.
1: There is lots to think about.
0: You know, I don't know what your experience has been. Similar, I expect,
1: in terms of the sort of dehumanising effect of
0: it all. and. Uh,
1: yeah, I mean... Uh, we talked about Dave a moment ago. You know, he's mm. he was a bit vulnerable, so you know he was sort of self-isolating at home with his wife, who's also a consultant. And she wrote in a text to us today that he, she hasn't been able to hug him for a month. No, and now he's on a ward, and he's you know he's being things. No one's allowed to visit him, and that that does feel dehumanising. You know, yeah, we're we're yeah. not always good at visiting people in hospital anyway, which is a shame because it, that is part of the healing. In fact, um, Rachel was talking to me about a book she's reading called The Happiness Prayer by Rabbi Evan Moffick. Have you come across that? No. The no Happiness no, no. prayer. Oh, it's an amazing prayer and he basically goes through it line by line and devotes a chapter and he talks about this one about praying, you know, because in the Jewish tradition they don't have this, I'll pray for you thing. That's that's not um, evidently part of their culture. Oh, right, that's a very okay. Christian thing. You know, I think for them it would be like, oh, well, what do you mean? You pray, you know, it's like what right. do you practically do for people? Not not do you, pray yeah. for them. Interesting. But he, he pushed through that and he, he had this lovely line about prayer. Well, he says a couple of interesting things. It talks about the invisible lines of connection. That's the power of prayer. I quite like that. And he talked about this experiment that happened in the San Francisco General Hospital to examine the effects of prayer. So 393 cardiac patients half of them were prayed for Although it's an odd number so how could it have been half anyway uh, half of them were prayed for by strangers <laughs> who had only the patient's names and the other half were not prayed for right. okay so half of them get prayed for half of them do okay half of them know they are being prayed for by strangers right and the evidence of this trial was that those who were being prayed for um needed less drugs less pain relief got better quicker Mm. And it was just this mm. extraordinary thing. It was the power of collection. Now, I've always been one of those people that worry about, you know, people who just say, i pray for you, i pray for you. And I think, well, have you actually prayed for me? Did you mm. actually pray? I don't think that's the point anymore. I don't fret about that. If someone says they pray for you, I think, how lovely mm. that you have thought of me. And the mm. same, you know, I will say to people, and for those it's important to know the prayers, because my, my sort of understanding of prayer has expanded. It's no problem for me to say, I'm praying for you. Yeah, of course, yeah. Sam, I'm thinking about you. And yeah. that itself has a power of healing. Anyway, sorry, I digressed, but I just thought that was interesting. No, that's, that is, that's in. interesting. Yeah. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. But I mean, I think from your point of view, you're talking earlier about your job as well. Mm. You're seeing sort of, you know, people yeah. having to distance themselves in there, and Yeah, you
1: know. yeah. And
0: I think, it's... I think you, you know, you, you, you might not feel much of a, of a glamorous key worker, but it, no. I mean, it is valuable what, you, what you're doing. Yeah, it really. is. Thank um, you. You know, I'm never. I'm not normally nice to you. So no. I just thought I'd do that. Stop it. No. Anyway, I'm going to read the next one mm. on on that on those lines. This is from Ian, and he says, "Hello, Joe." Mm. Oh, Hello, thanks. Ian. Thanks so much to you, Nick, for keeping the podcast going during this time. Please keep it up. Well, we'll, we'll, (laughs) Masochist. We'll give (laughs) give it our best shot. Uh, We laughed out loud at your discussion of not today, Satan. But it reminded me again one of the most distinct and often most painful parts of my own mid-faith crisis, realising that you're sometimes not on the same page as other Christians Mm -hmm. and at the same time realising that they assume that you are and (laughs) that you have no idea even how to begin to explain that you're not. On Saturday, I was part of an online men's group which meets very occasionally, and there was a short discussion about mindfulness, where mm. the speaker's assumption was that this was definitely wrong, quote-unquote, in all circumstances. <laughs> it just wasn't the time, place or medium to question this, but it was the perfect example of what I'm describing, and it was made all, sharper, all the sharper when I listened to your podcast later in the day. Mm. And he says, I also wanted to encourage you about your work, Joe, as a celebrant, especially in these difficult times, Just before COVID came along, I was at a couple of funerals, which, to be blunt, were conducted very badly. For for families to have someone with your wisdom and sensitivity... Does he know you? Mm, Anyway, for families to have (laughs) someone with your wisdom and sensitivity support them (laughs) through the early stages of bereavement must be a huge blessing. I hope so. Yeah, great. Good Mm. for for you, Ian. Thank Mm, you. Uh, We agree with that. And then finally, he says, there's an appeal which I think others have made, but which you and Nick initially refused. Can we please have an online Zoom meeting? Just one? Two question marks. Mm. The technology is very simple, and I think it would be great to have a live Q&A session. And he ends with some nice Mm. things about the podcast, which I'm not going to repeat. Obviously. Well, you know, yeah, people have asked about the Zoom thing Uh. and sort of virtual meeting. What do you think?
1: Well, I like it because it's people. Yeah. Yeah, it'd be great. I
0: (laughs) I dislike it for the same reason.
1: (laughs) I think it'd be fun. We we could could have like a virtual home group that meets. Mid-faith crisis. That'd be lovely. All right. What we're going to
0: need is we're going to need signs from people that they, they want this. So email in if you'd like us to do a Zoom a Zoom meeting. We'll think about how many people can it can effectively do. And we we obviously need, you know, can it cope with all the listeners, all 17 of them? I don't know. That'd be
1: a lot of people on screen, wouldn't it? It would. Maybe no. we should do do it in two goes just to yeah. get them all.
0: And, and what should we talk about is the other issue. What do you want to talk about? Because otherwise it would just be us staring
1: into... Space, really. <laughs> you know you take questions in advance don't you and yeah okay yeah it'd be fun all right if come you email on.
0: if you email in and <laughs> i can get over my reluctance we'll think about um yeah
1: we'll we'll put something yeah. together maybe yes indeed
0: particularly if you were going to come to lee abbey yes maybe that, exactly yeah that
1: would be good especially hmm
0: Right. Well, thank you for those great emails. We did have our lots of other emails, but um, yeah, thank you. you know we don't have time to re- refer to those. We'll, we'll talk about those in future in future weeks, I think. Um, I wanted to pick up though, and we'll do this fairly briefly. But I wanted to pick mm. up about uh, something I've been thinking a lot about since last week. Because mm. although last week's was a bit of a mess, I think was. we can agree that I think it. We wasn't all agree that.
1: Yeah. The finest <laughs> crafted work that we've ever done. <laughs> but it did have not now Satan in it. Not today. It did have, yeah,
0: rescheduling (laughs) Satan. Well, it should have been not today, Stan. Oh, yes, of course. Thinking about it. Going back, yeah. Because you have no authority here. (laughs) Um, uh, If you haven't heard the one about Stan has no authority, it's well worth listening to. Um, But we did talk about your quiet time. We did. And that did inspire me quite a bit. And it got me... Uh, back into the habit a bit and thinking about spiritual routine and I thought it might be just good to touch on what daily routines or habits can keep us focused on God and what else you do how's Mm. the quiet time going it's it's essential
1: Uh, honestly it's more essential than it has ever been in my life Mm. so Mm. again I think you know the the mid-faith crisis shift is before mid-faith crisis this is something you do for God you know you do it to please God it's part of your act of worship you do yeah. it. You do it to impress God. You do it to gain God's favor. I don't know why you do it, but you don't do it because it's just a gift and it's grace and it's a gift to you to mm. do it. That is not why you do it. That's not the motivation. But the motivation now is if I don't do it, you know, I my day is unsettled, and uh, and and for me to keep coming back. So what I've been doing this week, as well as trying to sit quietly in the mornings is like when I come in just a, just the briefest of moments walking around the garden, noticing the signs, noticing any new blossom, any new growth, anything just (sighs) breathe. Mm. And then inside. And then it's the, you know, Mm. billions of emails and all the rest of it. Yeah.
0: Mm. Well, I think that's, that's good. I've been, so I've been um, trying out a new thing, which I've been using the um, time to pray Anglican prayer app, which is great because it delivers you the morning, the, the daily service daily kind of, yeah daily service that they do and and the the good thing about it is that there's an online sort of um spoken version of it so sometimes when you know I've always used the anglican uh, services not always but in recent right. years I've used the anglican morning prayer and evening prayer and that kind of stuff when I've been uh, more regular with this stuff but then you read it yourself and it it does get that kind of odd bit about it that you know you're mm. you're reading out something that is um supposed to be read to you as it were or spoken to you so it's quite nice i'll put the links up in the in the show notes so that you can go online so you can get the the service read to you and okay. um so how long is f- it along. oh about seven minutes it's okay. just it's it's great yeah it's it's perfect it's really nice because you get scripture read out to you and you know you it, it it takes all that kind of um pressure off of you having to Perform it, as it were. You have to do it. No, that's good. Does it feel like uh, like I've got to do this thing, though? No, because you just... you you, you you're, No one else is in there. You're in control of whether you press
1: the play button on the website. I know, but I don't know about you, but I often find... Well, what I have often found with reading programmes and set things is it, mm. like, it starts off well... Day, mm. but oh, yeah. by day four it's like oh i might have to skip this or do this at another time and by day six or seven it's like oh no it's a pressure i've got to do yeah thing. but i think and it's this, different this this silence this. yeah i was just gonna say this silence thing is the first time i've not thought i've thought oh i better do my sit still yeah, silence yeah, okay. thing. i better do that or it's, it's like i want to you know the the, the motivation feels different
0: yeah no, I think mm. I think it's the same. It's mm. I do this because I want to do it. Yeah, because no, that's this is great. how this is how I yeah. That's uh, I feel nourished. Yeah, I I do it uh, if I don't want to do that service that day. I'll do, I'll use the Celtic uh, Northumbria right. prayer book, or I'll use something else, or the Iona one, or you know I'll do something else, or I'll just kneel and pray quietly. You know, it's entirely on, up to on me. your
1: kneeler, on my kneeler. Yeah. <laughs> see the picture on facebook ladies and gentlemen
0: yes yes i'll put that up on the website that was uh, fascinating and uh yeah and um yeah so i've, I've just found that really helpful and i yeah, never really great. used apps before but it, it i think this is really good um and um the other thing i kind of recommend or i like for, for for bible reading and we talked about bible reading notes but i didn't mm. say the one that i use which i don't use daily notes no never ha- never have got on with those at all mm. in fact My friend, the the late Rob Lacey, Uh, and I were once thinking about doing a book called Every Other Day with Jesus. (laughs) Brilliant! We we thought every day was asking a bit too much.
1: (laughs) I wish you had, and I (laughs) wish you had.
0: Maybe maybe I still will. But anyway, um, I use a thing called Ancient (laughs) ancient Christian Worship, which is um, uh, I can't remember who produces it. IVP. Again, it's an electronic thing that I use, but. what it does is it looks at it takes stuff from the church fathers, and it's instead of doing like a daily thing, they have just one chunk for a week. So you have right. a you have a, a whole you have one one chapter, as it were, one section, yeah. and it's a week's worth, and it has an Old Testament reading, a New Testament yeah. reading, and a, uh, an ep- uh, an, a an epistle kind of thing. But it also has these prayers and comments from all the the church yeah. fathers. So you get a very different kind of perspective on it. You don't get okay. somebody sort of modern day trying to. You know, tell you something. It's it's how they thought, which is often not how we think at all. But I've found that really useful as well. Yeah. Um, what else? I I journal every day now.
1: Do every day. Every day I do a
0: journal with now, your fountain
1: yeah. pen, not on a computer.
0: Well, with one of my fountain pens. Mm. Um, I had another one delivered this week. I've got. Uh,
1: <laughs> how many have you got? Sorry, oh, probably we... about probably about forty, I would think. Okay. Well, it's you know that's. In, to my way of thinking at least 38 too many
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah i need to i need to cull them slowly but i do i do that i, I journal every day and that I found is that really, powerful really isn't it
1: what how yeah. how would you describe what is the therapeutic effect of journaling
0: um oh great i think it firstly it sort of firstly it slows you down makes you think mm. about the day uh it gives you an anchor point, which is really good that you mm. you know i think i think mm. actually there is something about having these things we do at a certain time, mm. so you were talking about when you come in, mm. you go out to the garden and you walk around the garden, and it's yeah. like although we might come in at different times that's that's a that's a thing that you do that's a mm. that's a that's a ritual yeah, basically it is a ritual yeah i think it's very good to have those fixed times um and i think it's just reflection it's just thinking about your own feelings why yeah. were you you know um, why did you react in a certain way what did you do where did you see God yeah that's in a good these question.
1: days um, these are yeah. stage of life things I can sort of feel like some people with three young kids up in the morning you know just going yeah. oh you listen to your app for seven minutes oh yeah. yeah get yeah. time to yeah. journal ah you know what? Yeah. Yeah, it is a yeah. stage that we are privileged, aren't we, in yeah. the sense that we don't have small people jumping on our heads at five o'clock in the morning and then demanding attention until basically yes, we collapse absolutely. in a heap at night. Mm.
0: I think this comes onto what the, the next thing I wanted to think about, which mm. is, comes back to Grace and Perry, really. Because mm. I think one of the things I've been thinking a lot about spirituality, about what it yeah. is. It's yeah. a very odd, odd little word. Because while we talked about the things that we do, those yeah. kind of spiritual, in inverted commas, things. Yeah. When we were doing our stuff with Renovare, yeah. both of us, yeah, you know, the disciplines, the yeah. classic disciplines yeah. that are given you, are yeah. all overtly kind of Christian activities, aren't they? Oh, they kind of are, yeah. I know what you I mean. I mean, there wasn't yeah. the spiritual discipline of bird watching. No. Or of... Um, having a good night's sleep or, or wine, wine tasting wine <laughs> tasting exactly, yes, yes, exactly. You, you could have led that class i but, would have done um, gladly <laughs> and it seems to me that there's a whole range of human experiences that get classed as spiritual yes
1: i agree 100 percent. and a whole class
0: oh. that don't get grouped as that and that what happens in the busy parts of our lives or those seasons of our lives when there's lots of demands on us is that we don't get the time for the classic spiritual ones Yes. As it were, they, you know the Christian ones, the proper yeah. ones. Yeah. But I think that denies the effects of the other stuff. So I was thinking about this because yeah. Grace and Perry basically, yeah. Grace and Perry's art club, is joyful. Yeah, doing art is a spiritual act. I think yeah. in that sense you are nurturing your spirit. You are doing something with your soul and your spirit it's it's mm. helping you you know when we, when we talk about spirituality so so often we talk about it in these ethereal mystical ways you know mm. this is like you know lighting a joss stick and sitting yes exactly cross legs yeah cross leg you know all this kind of stuff and but, but everybody's spiritual so everything yes, exactly. that we do can have a spiritual aspect exactly
1: everything we do does have a spiritual aspect yeah yeah, yeah.
0: and and so i was reading this book by um a guy called Ronald Rollheiser. Have you heard of him at all? I don't think
1: I've rolled with the no. Ronald. No.
0: <laughs> no. I've never come across it. And he, it's called, um, hang on, A Holy Longing. I think it's called a ho- the, yeah. the Holy Longing. So yeah. it's the Search for a Christian Spirituality. I've only read a little bit of it so far. But what's interesting about it is he frames it much more broader. And he says, basically, everybody's got this desire. Everybody's got a fire in them. Mm. A, a, you are, we are not at ease with ourselves. We're not at ease in this world. And we want that. Um, and it's and he says, uh, you know, that we all have this kind of fire or longing with us. And whatever we do with that longing is spirituality.
1: That's he says, interesting. Uh, yeah.
0: spirituality is about what we do with our unrest. And it's a bit like the Augustine quote, you know, our, our, uh, you have made us for yourself, Lord, and our hearts are restless until we find our rest in you. Yeah. That one, You know. So really, you can have good spirituality and bad spirituality.
1: Yes, you indeed. can have the,
0: the kind of damaging spirituality that tries to to to, to ease this longing by in, 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 in bad ways. Yeah, and you can have the good spirituality, as it were, that seeks its rest in in the divine in in God. Um, yeah, and that's why art can be
1: good spirituality. That's why sitting having a cup of tea yeah. could be great spirituality. course it could course it could no it's great and i th- think you've perfectly articulated this kind of post mid-faith crisis change in spirituality you know the, like the world was divided into those kind of dualistic spiritual and non-spiritual activities and now you're starting to see oh no the whole thing is infused you know and it would be
0: great to talk to people in these terms to say to people you know your your spirituality is you know building Mm. a model train set that's where you find your rest your ease Mm. that's where you feel close to and and i i I just think that we've limited it too much so i'm also interested in what habits and and practices people have at this time of life it'd be great to hear from from the listeners you know what is your spirituality what do you do that that makes you uh that brings you this sort of deep joy and 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 makes you feel closer in a sense to to, Mm. to god really
1: Yes, that's, Could it. Be anything. that's a really good question about what is it today? Because, you know, I think there is a time in your life where actually changing your kids' nappies and playing with them and reading them a bedtime story and loving them. You know, that is your spirituality. You, yes. you, you may not have the opportunity to express it in many other ways for that time, but that is your spirit. So you don't load your diary with, oh, well, I must you know study the bible for an hour and spend you know uh, half an hour in intercessory prayer and all the rest of it of course you don't at those times your spiritual discipline is to rest and to yes, sleep indeed. and yeah. to and but but what now what now is your i think is a lovely question and one that yeah. i shall ask myself this coming week
0: well i think um this uh yeah, this guy I, d- I really don't know anything about him and he, he he's an interesting writer he's not straightforward but um you know he says spirituality, uh, it, spirituality is more about whether or not we can sleep at night than about whether or not we go to church, which I think is a great wow. thing. That's powerful. Yeah. And, 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 and so, yeah, don't limit it to the, the so-called Christian things. But there's lots that we can learn at this time about what really gives us uh, mm. joy and what has that sense of nourishing our soul.
1: To think about connection as well. For me, I always link spirituality with that kind of connection. Often, I get connection from people, but obviously, in lockdown, you don't have that. So, yeah, you know, another way of me thinking about it is what what brings me that sense of connection to the divine at this time, because that is a joyful moment when yeah, I feel yeah. connected.
0: Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. Well, that's that's all I have. But I'll can carry on thinking about that, and uh, I think this um, is a really interesting thing to think about. That spirituality is such an interesting term. But I think it can yeah. mean a lot more than just, yeah. you know, doing the doing the so-called Christian things.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And listen, thank you to you for putting all the work into the podcast this week. <laughs> <And> I <I've> been <laughs> more that, useless than normal. <laughs> so no, Thank you. Mm. You're a good man. Although I do offer this poem. Uh, this poem, I think, has probably been doing the rounds on social media, but it's by a lady called Catherine O'Meara. And it's called In the Time of Pandemic. And I asked Nick if I could finish the podcast with this. And he said, yay. Yeah, no, it's good. Ah, Thank you. So, okay, everyone, take a deep breath. Here is In the Time of Pandemic. And the people stayed home and they read books and listened and rested and exercised and made art and played games and learned new ways of being and were still. And they listened more deeply. Some meditated. Some prayed. Some danced. Some met their shadows. And the people began to think differently. And the people healed. And in the absence of people living in ignorant, dangerous, mindless and heartless ways, the earth began to heal. And when the danger passed, and the people joined together again, They grieved their losses, made new choices and dreamed new images and created new ways to live and heal the earth fully as they had been healed.